0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome
1: to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, Stu and Blake.
2: Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. This is a kind of little bonus episode, really. Um, Just looking back over the events uh, that took place in the UFC this weekend. Doing that with me, always Blake Harrison. All right. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Not too bad. Uh, You've gone a bit rogue with your uh, with your background. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, I'm not. Be- we're not being twins today with the uh, the brick wall. I keep thinking hmm. the, the 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 light in the room that I record in is is pretty shocking. So mm. I've tried to move everything in front of a, a window, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I know what you're. I know what you're going to say, and uh, you're going to tell me I'm a douchebag because I've uh, I'm sat in front of some award shit.
2: weren't even um, going to mention them.
1: No, yeah, of course you weren't. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's nice nice open window, open window, yeah. natural light. I think it looks a bit yeah. better.
2: Absolutely. Let's not talk
1: about them awards that are behind no. you. There's no not, point ever mentioning that. them. Uh, no, what's the little What's
2: the little tractor? Is that from Bob the Builder?
1: Oh yeah, some people may not know. I I, I played scoop on Bob the Builder for a bit, so uh, oh. they gave they gave me a little a little scoop. If you're just listening to this on a podcast, this is just fucking boring. No, uh, but if you want to go
2: over to YouTube, you can look at his fucking BAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is that a little enemy award next to that with a middle finger
1: little enemy award yeah some comedy you, awards. you trying to make uh, yeah. out you
2: was a cool enemy
1: guy yeah no i had no fucking clue <laughs> just because it won like a tv <laughs> show thing for the in-betweeners i'll tell you what i do like though and i will highlight this because a fan made this right um, there's one of those oh, no pop things but uh uh the in-betweeners one that's oh, that's cool, isn't so it? cool. So, yeah. There you go. There's that. So, yeah. Shall we carry on? I can talk yeah. you through all my DVDs if you want, you know, there's a no, little we're Lord good. of the Ring section. We're good. Do you know there's what, some... right? Yeah.
2: Everyone I've done ever done podcasts with always has some sort of award, right? So uh on one of my other podcasts I was moaning about the fact that I never had an award. I've never won anything, right? So I have this one.
1: <laughs> What's the was it neediest <laughs> <laughs> for those for those listening to the podcast? Can you please say what the award is for?
2: Uh, it's the neediest cunt award because uh, I always wanted an award. So yeah, it's 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 refashioned one that looks like it's for fly fishing or something. But, I thought it was uh, like a
1: cowboy with like
2: a, a lasso or something. I don't know. It's it's quite a weird little thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, re, refashioned. Uh, oh, it was actually, no. It was uh, the, the World's Greatest Angula, uh, Angler uh, presented to M. Plunkett in 1986. Refashioned to uh in Neediest Cunt Award. There you go.
1: There you go. So uh, now that we've got all our awards out of the way, um, this, as you mentioned, is sort of a little bonus episode, only because uh, we've had some some slight kind of controversy over this weekend's uh, flyweight main event at the UFC Fight Night between Kaikar France and Amir al Lots of people are shouting and moaning about the judging and about... Um, you know how how they scored it and they believe that despite the fact that Almir Albazi won by by decision i believe it was a split decision uh, yeah. they believe that um that kai France won and that it was clear as day and they are money, money 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 um so um do we do we do we want to talk about about that or do we want to quickly talk through some of the other moments on the card and then get really into uh into the Amir Albazi Kai-Kai France thing
2: Sure, I mean I've not got the full card in front of me. Uh, I don't know if you have, but there was there was a few scraps on there that I, 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 I really enjoyed, um, and 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 I, I did really enjoy um, the 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 Kaikara France fight. But we'll we, 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 we'll get on to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, for I thought Caceres versus Pineda was amazing. It did win yeah. fight of the night. I thought that mm-hmm. third round in particular, the way that I mean. Credit to Pineda for, for withstanding all those body shots. But Caceres in with some mean kicks to the body, yeah. some punches as well. and I, I thought he looked absolutely fantastic. And then right at the end of, I think it was round three, Pineda comes back with a big overhand and kind of knocks down Caceres. It was mm. an absolutely cracking fight. If you haven't seen it yet, Caceres-Pineda, which I believe was the co-main of, of yeah, Saturday's it card. It's worth a watch, particularly that third round. is a really fun round. Um, there was a, there was a lot of car, there was a lot
2: of fights that that cancelled and and all fell through wasn't there on, on on that card I think obviously Mike Brand's opponent got replaced yeah uh, if I remember right. that was one of the ones I'm sure that
1: Jim Miller uh, that, Jim Miller's opponent G- sorry was replaced, who did I say yeah. Mike Brown Mike Brand oh, ano- another God, so old confused.
2: bloke <laughs> like, uh, yeah yeah Jim Miller uh, is is obviously who I'm in and, uh, and, and, and 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 yeah I mean fucking hell
1: Jim Miller. Whoa. G- I mean, Jim Miller, like, what is this? It's like, I've got his record. I was just like, 36-17-1. and one. I'm not great at maths, but that's a lot of fights, isn't it?
2: Add them all up and you still know we're near his age. Like,
1: unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. And one of his goals is, I believe I'm right in saying this, he fought at UFC 100. He fought at UFC 200, and his aim is to fight at UFC 300, which I believe will be this around this time, maybe a bit later, next year. Yeah, That is quality, isn't it? To yeah. say you fought at UFC 100, 200, or 300, I really hope it happens. And he even said he'll move up to welterweight to fight if he can get just a really quality fight. And We've heard a bit about Matt Brown... Um, Tying the knockouts or or was is he now tied with Derek Lewis for the knockouts? I think so, or yeah. Tied with Derek Lewis. So I mean the greatest knockout artist of all time. Uh potentially if he gets another win before Derek Lewis does. Uh against a guy with second most finishes in the UFC uh with 17, that's Jim Miller. Well, and I- 25 UFC wins overall. 42 uh UFC fights. So I think 25 UFC wins and 42 UFC fights overall. I think they're both the top records.
2: Yeah, which is it, amazing, it, it, isn't it? The uh, the Matt Brown fight's great. He did say in that that post fight, you know, basically, you know, I'm not one for calling people out, but I'd really like to fight the people that you know that I've been watching for years that inspire me and, yeah. and things like that. So you know, he's obviously looking for you know the kind of veterans and the you know and the, and the kind of golden fights really and, and and fucking hell like Sean Shelby should start throwing something like that his way because yeah. given him you know uh, obviously the, the fight fell through and he was you know this this guy was brought in and it was his UFC debut and I mean and that's an unfortunate debut Um but yeah, he was uh,
1: KO'd in seconds wasn't he and it was a bad one
2: yeah yeah was it nine seconds or something like that like, yeah. it, 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 I mean it, it just
1: it, goes to show if, even with age there's levels to this
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, give him some like, like say Matt Brown. What a fucking great fight that'd be!
1: Like, yeah, man.
2: You know, like
1: I heard someone. uh, uh, I think it was. uh, I heard Mike Heck, who's a a journalist I I, I follow on on Twitter and stuff, and I listen to some of his stuff every now and again. Uh, He was saying, "What if they brought Nick Diaz back? Yeah, boy. That'd be fun as well. So uh, that's like that could be a really fun pick." Another kind of maybe feel-good story of the night was Tim Elliott, because yeah, are, are, are you aware of you? Did we? Are you aware of the Tim Elliott stuff that's gone on recently on his Twitter and all of that? No, no, I love Tim Elliott by the way. Tim Elliott put out on Twitter only like a month or so ago about uh a picture i mean the way it was done i was like oh i'm not i'm not i'm not sure if this is the right way to go about it tim but you know i don't know how he's feeling so however he wants to deal with it is down to him but what happened was tim elliott put out on twitter a picture of him on his wedding day next to his uh now wife who was with his daughter and I'm assuming like an usher or best man or something like that in the background. And he put out a tweet saying, this woman, my wife, uh, I've just found out she's been shagging my, uh, my best man and they were even together on our wedding night. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, whether you think that that is the right thing to do to put that out on, on Twitter or not, uh, you know, that's that's down to the individual I think
2: it's safe to say your head will be upside down when you find out news like that betrayed yeah, by your, man. The, the, your wife and your best friend I mean yeah. fuck me
1: who would cheat
2: on someone with a fucking UFC fighter's wife I mean, that's, that's <laughs> dangerous right
1: well we've we just been having a conversation off air that we can't talk about so uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's not go any further into that conversation it's not involving any of us by the way no um, no. Um, just FYI Um But but yeah, God, man, I mean, for him to have gone through that, that is a pretty horrible, horrible thing to have gone through. Uh, And then he gets a win, and a good win uh, uh, as well, uh, after something so horrible happening to him. Hopefully now, you know, hopefully this fight camp and all has been a great distraction for him. I think they maybe mentioned something like that on the commentary as well. Um, So hopefully this has been a distraction for him. He gets things right. He gets all these horrible people out of his life and he can go on and, and and have a good life going forward. But God, what an awful thing to have to go through for anyone who's who's had a, a spouse or even just a partner cheat on them and then you find out it's with like one of your best mates or that's, that's just low on it. So good on Tim Elliott for, for getting a win after going through such horrible stuff. Speaking of horrible stuff, did you see Kareem Silver's? Knee bar slash leg lock. Did you see the knee pop? Yeah, boy. Oh no! It, I was just like my wife. Just kind of like ran in the room because I was going, "Oh no! Oh God, no!" Oh, it was just. It was. Oh, it was horrible to watch. Just seeing the pop of the yep. older uh, of the knee go. But Kareen Silver looks decent i mean she did that Absolutely. very very quickly and just seemed to be able to get into that position with ease it, yeah I, I i i don't think caitlin Souza even thought she was in that much trouble and within it was a, a uni-
2: split second she knew she was
1: oh jesus did she and i think i've heard people talking about the fact that it's i think it's been put down as like a, a, a victory by knee bar but there's been a lot of people that know a bit about jujitsu. i think that have been sort of saying it's not a traditional knee bar it's it's different it's not the same thing it's not it's not like what um mohammed mikhayev was caught in uh, uh, yeah, at yeah, L- yeah. in london in march with by philo it was it was different it was and so maybe she didn't realize how much danger she was in and you yeah. just saw it pop out of place and it was oh, it just gets my stomach going just thinking about it it was so bad but Kareem silver looks really tasty
2: I'll tell you who had a bad night in the office, uh, Mister Andralovsky. And, uh, and and up until then, in fairness, I mean, we, we spoke about this briefly earlier, and you said, you know, he had been looking good uh, in, in in recent fights, um, and he was looking good, uh, and and you could tell that he's adapted his fight style. His footwork was 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 really good, and he was obviously just trying to fight more at range and 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 really pick his shots because. You know, he's he's had some, some horrible knockouts. And uh, and and as much as he was, you know, I guess establishing that jab a little bit and was was looking half decent when the shot landed, it was just goodnight. And, yeah, I don't know. I know, I know you know, you referenced that, you know, the recent sort of fights that he's had. But for me, I mean, I don't know how old Olovsky is now. 40, uh,
1: 44,
2: I think. 44, like, I think he is. Um, I mean the, the guys. If he's not already in the Hall of Fame, I'm, surely he's got to be in there at some point. Yeah, uh, you know, at absolute legend. And you know, he was when I first started watching UFC. Like he he was very much a, a big part of it. And yeah. you know, I remember
1: the, the, him again. I I wasn't like huge into it at the time, but I remember specifically like the guy with this shaggy dark hair and the fang, yeah, and the fang gum shield. Yeah. And you're like, this guy looks sick. He looks amazing. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so fingers crossed, uh, you know, he, he didn't pick up too many injuries out of that. And, and personally, I, I'd, I'd like to see him maybe just kind of look at look at something else. I don't want to see Andre Olovsky getting knocked out anymore. He's, uh, I, I think he's got nothing left to prove. But you, you happy to see him? Uh, I think so.
1: Have his, so. I think uh, have, he's have his done... brain
2: smashed around his skull?
1: <laughs> don't say it like that. Um <laughs> But no I think he's done well like he hasn't lost that many. I has he lost like 3 of of his last like eight or something like that? he's not terrible. He's not he's doing all right and a lot of the time He's no he's, Sam he's, Alvey. No he's dead definitely. Who is? Who is <laughs> Sam Alvey? god bless him. Um but yeah no I'd have to quickly pull up his his record or whatever to see kind of where he's at at the moment in terms of uh, you know wins and losses and stuff. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I don't think of Andre Arlovsky as a guy that needs to hang up the gloves immediately. I mean, yes, he's old. And looking at it now, he has had 56 fights in his career. So, you know, he's no spring chicken. Um, and as we've said as, as well, 44 years old. All right. So he's lost his last two. But before that, he was on a four-fight win streak. And this is all recent. This is all from tw- from yeah, 2021. Yeah, yeah. So four fight win streak. Before that he lost only to uh, to Tom Aspinall. Two wins. Lost to Jairzinho Rosenstrike. You know, these are these are top guys that he's losing to. I mean uh Marcus Rodrigo uh, De Lima is not necessarily a top guy. Um and then Dontel Mays, I'm not sure is a top guy either, in comparison to the likes of uh, of Rosenstrike and and uh uh Tom Aspinall, obviously. But as i say four fight win streak after the tom aspinall lost that's you know nothing to be sniffed at at this level especially when you're dealing with a guy that's 44 years of age um so yeah i'm not i'm not in a hurry to see him hang up the gloves but obviously if he decides to it's understandable but if yeah, he enjoys doing okay. it then All right. fine let's get on to the main reason that we're doing this episode shall we so there was so much uh
2: kind of backlash uh from from the the, 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 the what the judges well, how the judge scored it. Uh and, and I've got the it, it obviously it was uh 48, 47, 48, 47, 48, 47 and, and two of those uh in the favour of Albazi. Um I've not rewatched it. I know I think okay. you have. I have. Um when I watched it uh Sunday morning, uh I definitely gave it to Kaikara France. So do you remember uh, do you
1: remember how you gave it to Kaikara France?
2: I, looking at Chris Lee's scorecard, which is the scorecard that's been most discussed. Uh, we've discussed um, is round four, and I have no idea how he gave round four to Albasini because for me that was a clear round for Kara France. Did you score? Where did you score round four?
1: I scored it for Kai, but. Yeah. I scored the overall fight when I've, I've watched it twice. I My opinion hasn't really changed since watching it twice. Mm. If anything, I think it's just closer. But I, I scored the entire fight for Al-Bazi. And so anyone that is moaning, crying robbery and all this kind of stuff about the fact that Al-Bazi won, I just don't understand where you're coming from. Who did you get the first round to? That's the that that round to me is you could literally just go, I'll just flip a coin to decide this, sure, because it really could go to anyone. It yeah. was really, really close, could have gone either way. There was very little action in it. I think Kai landed a couple of good leg kicks, yeah. Uh, Al-Bazi answered back with one of them, landed a few strikes of his own, like damage wise. Uh, it was, it really was much of a muchness. Round one, if you scored it for Kai. Fair play to you. I won't argue with that at all, but I scored it for Albazi, and it really was that close that you could go either way. So you can't moan about round one. Whether it's scored for Albazi or Kai, you can't moan about it. It was very, very, very close. And this is ones where they could use 9-9 scorecards more, more often, but they don't. Uh, so I don't know why. But uh, But this could have been a draw this round. It was so close. In terms of round two, I thought this was a much clearer Albazi round. I, I, thought I, gave,
2: that, I gave round two to Albazi.
1: I thought he landed the, the heavier strikes. It's cleaner, heavier strikes. There was a lot going on as well in the striking exchanges for both fighters, but I think particularly mm-hmm. with Kai early on, where it looked like he was throwing a lot of strikes, a lot of volume, but a lot of them were either missing or coming off the gloves or the shoulders or or, or something like that. So they weren't impactful strikes. So I don't really think you can count them. And when people refer to the statistics, particularly...
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
3: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions.
1: What the UFC are bringing up immediately during the broadcast, they are, they're not like verified. They are kind of immediate things that we're just imagining work because, you know, that the camera's at one angle and it looks like someone's head's been snapped back. But really, they've just dodged out of the way of it and stuff. So you can't trust the stats. The stats are not to be trusted, particularly during the broadcast. So I've got it two rounds up Al bazi at this stage. You could have it one one, and I've got no problem with that. Round three is where it gets sort of interesting for me because I've heard some people talk about, well, that's an obvious Al-Bazi round because he had so much control and all this stuff. How
2: did See, you gave a I gave Al-Bazi- I gave al and three. Yeah,
1: so Yeah, so I gave Al-Bazi round al as well. But I well. think there's do think a world... In which, when you re-watch round three, for me, the deciding factor has got to be what gets more points. A fight-ending scenario where uh, Albazi has got Kaikara France in a deep rear naked choke, which really could have finished it. It, it was really deep, it was really tight, around the neck, and it could have finished things. So how high do you score that in comparison to the 30 seconds of ground and pound and elbows that Kaikara France lands at the end of round three? Because whilst al had a lot of the control for that round, I think he had the majority of his control time for the whole fight just in that one round, a lot of his strikes that he's doing were answered by Kaikara France when uh, al had his back. Kai Kaikara France was throwing his hand over his shoulder and hitting al in the face. And al was hitting Kai in the face. None of those strikes really looked hugely impactful. A lot of them before al took his back but still had him down were kind of blows that were like it was almost like his forearm was hitting Kai Kaikara France. He wasn't catching him on the end of the punch or anything. So I kind of think I'll lean al because he had the better position, he probably generated a little bit more power in those exchanges. And I think the fight ending scenario, although I don't know this for certain, I'd love to talk to a judge about this and say, how do you compare the ground and pound and the damage that Kaikara France is doing at the end of round three to al fight ending scenario where he had a deep rear naked choke and he's probably not far off finishing the fight? I gave it to al but I think if you are someone that gave round three to Kaikara France because of the damage done towards the end, because everything up to that point damage-wise was relatively even, mm-hmm. then I can sort of see that as well. Uh, but I think I I gave that to Albazi. So going into round four, Look, I've got Albazi 3-0 up.
2: Right. Okay. So so I, I've got it 2-1 to to, to Kai at this point. But what I want to make clear is, you know, I know our takes on this differentiate, but... Anyone using the word robbery is is on crack because yeah. that is not that is not a robbery like that 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 it, it's a it's a super tight fight this and, uh, and 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 I do believe you know it does come down to a certain round that could have gone either way you know to to, to you know uh, uh, it, all of the stuff where people are getting really aggy about it I, I don't really get it I, I think it was yeah. it was tight.
1: Well I've I've got a theory about that but what I just want to say is um did you have rounds 4 and rounds 5 in favor of Kai I Indeed. imagine I thought yeah. round 4 was like possibly the clearest round I thought round 2 was sort of clear Albazi but you know it was close-ish. I thought 4 for Kai was very very clear and I thought 5 was was likely to be a Kai round as well so I end up doing it 1 2 and 3 for Albazi Four and five for Kai. You've gone yeah. one four and five yeah. for Kai and two and three for Albazi. So Correct. really, the only thing we're disagreeing on is round one. And as I say, I think you can watch round one and then just go, I don't know, let's flip a coin. Because yeah. it really is that close. So... Maybe towards the end of round one, they had that moment where they were sort of staring at each other and Albazi tried to be cute and mirror Kai with the whole hands almost hands behind the back thing. <coughs> and Kai did land a sort of right hand at the end of a little exchange after that. But I mean, it, it really wasn't much in the whole, whole round. Um, so it, round one was clearly a very, very close round. So you can't get upset if it goes the way you thought it did or the way you didn't think it did. Every other round, we've got, we've got uh, an agreement on. So it, we understand where each other's coming from with this. There's no way it's a robbery. I think we should talk about the scorecards in a minute because I think that's where maybe a lot of people are going to get frustrated and maybe rightfully so. But one thing I think is if you are gambling and you are betting on these fights and things haven't gone your way and then you're moaning about it, I don't think you're impartial. And I think... You are someone that has got skin in the game, and when your guy doesn't win, of course you're going to be angry about it, particularly in a very close fight that could have gone his way. If you potentially looking at losing 20 quid or winning 200 quid or whatever the odds may be, and you've ended up losing that, of course you're going to be not be um, impartial. You You are going to have a biased opinion on what happened, and maybe that's where people's anger and frustration online is coming from. Um, Well,
2: let's touch on that a little, because some of the frustration come uh, by way of uh, Australia and New Zealand, and understandably that's going to be a slightly biased opinion. Uh, So, you know, uh, City Kickboxing uh, uh, companion, uh, Izzy, had plenty to say. And uh, and I, I can quote some of it here. Yeah. Um and, and he's he's focusing it mainly on um judges Chris Lee and uh Saldamata and uh starts off with fire Chris Lee and, and Saudi Nuts uh tweeted Adesanya. Um I tweeted that before even seeing the scorecards, because I know them two will fuck it up, tweeted Adesanya. Uh, how many times will they rob athletes of their moments of glory, of their money, their livelihood for their family? Fuck them cunts. <sighs> uh, a friend of the show, Volk, um, uh, tweeted, uh, giving um, Amir round four is just insane. Uh, Judge Chris Lee gave uh, uh, al that round, which was widely considered uh, a Kaikara France round. Um, I-, I agree with what Volk said there. Um, you yeah, know, I don't uh, know
1: how you, I don't know how you give uh, Bazi round four. Yeah, I thought and, that was and, the and, clearest and, and round think, of the whole fight, probably.
2: And and that was a very important uh, you know uh, point of the the, the scorecards. And uh, and then uh, Adesanya uh, <laughs> then put start interviewing the judges after fights, hold them accountable for their work. I mean, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, I, I I I I think. You know, that's you're not going to start interviewing referees after a football match. I think, you know, it's I don't know. Part, I,
1: I, part I, of me would like to see like referees and stuff interviewed afterwards, actually. But I actually think the I think, um, I don't know. The problem I see with that is fan bases for like either football or uh, particularly with MMA with the judges, because the judges do have a certain amount of anonymity. And there is part of me that thinks when you are dealing with someone's livelihood, you having anonymity is maybe not 100% right because, um, you know, in, in, to an extent you should be held accountable. But I believe also that MMA fans and maybe even some people around the fight game that are even closer to it than the fans are, are not necessarily to be trusted. I and mean, we only, only have to see recently, I know this isn't MMA, it's football, but there's a British referee. I don't follow football much anymore, but there's a British referee that managed that refed, um was it a Europa League final or something with Roma? I know Jose Mourinho was involved. And he got to the airport in Rome and all the Roma fans were like shouting, spitting at him and his family at the airport, throwing stuff and all of that. And you're like, security had to get them out away from where well, they right, were right, and someone right. else. What's the name of the fucking manager, dude? Jose
2: Mourinho. Fucking idiot. Wait for him in a car park. Yeah. To abuse him.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yeah, you
1: just like sort your life out, sad man. So but that, but I can see shit like that happening with MMA. Like I can see like if the judges come out, then they walk down the street and again a bunch of people have lost money on the fight and they're really angry about it and they're fight fans that think they're, you know, fighters of it, essentially or something like that. Then Maybe that does make those judges' lives really, really difficult, and I think I've overheard Sean Sheehan uh, talking before. So um, you know, we had him on to talk about judging and, and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh, previously. So if you haven't checked out our episode with Sean Sheehan, then then maybe check that out. And he's got some great stuff on his Twitter and all that about um, about the judging criteria. If you don't know the criteria, go and check that out because it's very, very helpful. Um, but Sean uh, has mentioned that you know it it's hard to get people to be judges and. It's kind of a thankless job in a lot of ways. I don't think they're paid loads and loads of money or anything. So getting them to then come out and have to answer to this, like, mob that's baying for their blood because they're so angry about a decision, is that going to make people want to go, oh, I really want to be a judge? That looks like fun, doesn't it? Well, that sounds like a terrible way to earn your living. (laughs) So I I can kind of understand... Why you wouldn't have people come out and, mm. and say that. But I do think that one of the problems is people don't understand the scoring criteria because fans can't be bothered to look at it. And, you know, I myself, I've read the scoring criteria. I've looked at a few things. I could probably benefit from doing like one of Mark Goddard's courses or something like that that he does courses on judging and stuff. And I probably should do that, particularly in the position we're in where we're talking about MMA. Uh, And there's more we could learn about it all to to make ourselves um, better equipped to deal with situations like this. But just having even a basic knowledge of the criteria, I just don't see how you can call this a robbery and how you can moan about it so much when so many of the rounds were so close. I think one of the other things that affects people is if the first three rounds are incredibly close, but people think... Oh, it could go either way. But all the three judges score it one way. But the other two rounds are not close at all. It's very clear who won those rounds. Then people think, oh, well, that person who clearly won the rounds has won, surely, because they they clearly won it. The others were just too close. But that's not how it works. Every five-minute section is judged independently of the other sections. So you can't say, oh, well, he smashed him in those two rounds, so I'll I'll give him round one as well, because that was just a close one. You can't do that. They've made the decision on who's won those rounds, whether it be close or not very close. The only way that they can affect that or temper that slightly is if they start bringing in you know, more use of the 10-point must system in terms of more use of the numbers. Like, Let's not go, oh, it's a 10-9 or a 10-8. Let's make their more obvious 10-7s, 10, 10-6s. 10, and then you can go, oh, this person, this was a really close round, but I'm going to lean Al-Bazi, so I'll give him 10-9. But this round was a clear Car france round, so let's give him 10-8. And then rounds that used to be a 10-8, maybe that's a 10-7 or a 10-6. And you can implement use of those numbers a bit more. It's just, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I think I think there's definitely ways that that, that 10-point must system could be played with to, to, to stronger reflect the disparities between rounds and uh, and people's varied success in those rounds. I think that could be a good thing to do, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. But yeah, so in terms We've, of the, the...
2: Go on. We should just also say that, that you know, not just the, the, the quote in uh, Volk Izzy, uh, there was a big outpouring of, of, of people querying that decision. Uh, one person that didn't, uh, one person that was uh, completely... Uh, on and, and respectful was Kaikara France. And, uh, really, uh, I haven't heard what he said. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, I think he said he thought he'd done enough, but uh, but he, he wished al uh, all the best. And what did you make of the way that al kind of... the post-fight speech? I thought it was a little bit too overconfident considering the performance that was just displayed and it wasn't, you know, obviously he would have been aware that there was a lot of queer, you know, a lot of people that weren't on board, you know, just, I know it was a a pretty empty uh, space, but I felt he didn't conduct himself in a particularly good way. He just, it was like he just absolutely smashed him and, uh, and was just calling for, you know, big names and things. I just thought, you know what, mate? I would have just dialled that back a little bit.
1: Um, it's very tricky, it? and when you're in there, if you've won the fight, close split decision, you're ranked seventh. The guy you fight is ranked third. The guy you fight is just fought for an interim belt against the current champion. Like, you know, it's probably a lot of emotions going on, and and from what they go through, the sacrifices, the weight cut, and everything, I understand the. Um, the thinking you know I, I didn't find his conduct bad or, or anything like that i i i i think he was calling for title shots and stuff and you know shoot your shot i don't think he's going to get a title shot off the back of this but he might do you never know what might happen i suppose you've got to start putting that stuff out there he's going to be ranked third or fourth or whatever in in the rankings come tomorrow or whatever it is so um So yeah, I I don't mind him doing that. I I didn't see anything from his post fight interview unless I didn't watch it properly, um, where I kind of felt like he was disrespectful or or jumping up and down too much or or anything like that.
2: But I I just thought he could have dialed it back a little bit. I I, I think, like I say, he he was sort of talking about that win like he he, he just smashed him in round one. It was like, well, I don't even think you won. Yeah, but. yeah, I I I I think when decisions are so tight like that, uh, I I'm always in favour of the fighters that go. That was so close, you know, and and yeah. and and, ju- and just show that kind of edge of vulnerability and, and honesty. I, I quite yeah. like that. But then you don't know what they see and and how many times they've been smacked in the head, you know, throughout that fight. And well,
1: there's that as know. well. You know because the other thing yeah. is, if the you it's really hard for you to judge necessarily, I think, how your fight's going, you might think you're doing better than what you actually are, yeah. all that stuff. What are your corner telling you, are they telling you you're up three rounds or whatever it is? Um, so that is difficult. I mean, going back to the uh, the scorecard thing, like did you say it was Chris Lee that gave Al Bazi round, round four? I'm not yeah, looking so. at the scorecards. So you, well, you, I can tell
2: that. you, I, I can pull you them up, right? So, Chris Lee, um gave uh, rounds uh, two, three, and four to Al-Bazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saldemar uh, gave rounds one, two, and three to Al-Bazi. Uh, and Mike Bell uh, gave rounds two and three to Al-Bazi. Uh, and so there would have been quite a significant difference had Chris Lee have given uh, round four to Kai. But that's um, what I'm
1: saying. So, like, I mean, again people moaning and stuff moaning about the judges there's three judges in my opinion i'm totally happy with two of those judges scorecards Saudi amato one two and three no problem with that i think Absolutely. you can totally say that and then whoever the other one was giving it uh giving it to kai overall no problem yeah. with that didn't disagree with any of those rounds chris mm. lee giving albazi round four is the problem for me I yeah, I, and, don't and, and quite, I, think, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there wasn't loads of action. It wasn't clear as day, maybe, that Kai won. It wasn't like he knocked him down or landed loads of unanswered strikes. But I think Albazi was definitely slowing down and, and Kai landed more. So I, I, I think the obvious thing is to give that to Kai. Uh, uh, but uh, again, the problem gather, needs to be people need to be moaning. A, if people want to have a moan about it, I think they should get a bit more specific and go, oh, Chris Lee and round four. That's the problem. The problem isn't the judges. So
2: you'd you, rather encourage a direct witch hunt for Chris Lee, yeah? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's the one that's made the mistake, isn't it? Because oh, I think he's, had, he's, he's still he's getting angry about it I as well, No, I'm not getting angry. I've t- I've been the one defending the
2: judges. Do you want to really. throw out uh, Chris Lee's Twitter handle, Blake? If people just want to really yes, rain on his parade, uh, <laughs>
1: it's at Chris. Don't pay attention to the criteria, Lee. Uh, no, no. Look, look. I, I look again. You got to realize that we're watching it on the TV where we've got the we've got. There's someone in a booth and a team of people and camera operators and all that. Stuff stuff. stuff that are specifically trying to find us the best angle at every single moment of the fight. That is, we have people employed to go this angle, that angle, this angle, that angle, to show us the best action. And there's still stuff that we're going to miss. The judges sit in one spot the whole time, and it's very easy for them to miss things because they're not getting the right angle. That's why you have three judges, because you hope that it sort of balances itself out. Well, we've, we've, we've
2: been privy to that. When we've gone to events, and before we do the show, I always want to watch it back because, you know, you, you don't get a broad perception of it, you know. Uh, because if, if it's gone to ground the other side of the octagon from what you're sitting on, I, I guess, I imagine, I don't know for a fact, the judges will have screens in front of them as well, giving them the. The, the The view that, that that we're getting as well i presume
1: well i i I get but I don't know, do you know what I don't know you you would maybe, but i'm mm. I'm not a hundred percent sure I don't mm. know, so well so maybe we'll when everyone's
2: tweeting Chris Lee they can ask him that,
1: yeah, ask him that, yeah um. <laughs> and say, Blake says hi. Um, but uh, but no, I'm not. I I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, two of those judges' scorecards are absolutely fine to me. It's just yeah, the yeah. Chris Lee round four, I'm not sure about that. But again, I think there's excuses for it. It's just difficult because you're like, well, that's someone's paycheck. And again, I don't think the wrong guy won the fight. I scored it for Al-Bazi. But how they got to that point is clearly a little bit troublesome. Uh, So I don't know. But in terms of going forward uh, for Albazi, as you said, he called for the title shot, which he wants in Abu Dhabi. I don't think he's going to get that. I think uh, Moreno and uh, Pantoja are fighting for the belt uh, in July, as far as I'm aware. Um, If Brandon Moreno wins, is he really going to turn around and fight again in three months? In enemy territory. I mean, Amir al-Bazi is uh, is from Iraq, but as he pointed out during his post-fight interview or whatever, I think it's like he feels like it's sort of home turf for him, like his people will be there, all that kind of stuff. So is Brandon Moreno, a champion who's been a champion for a a little bit or at least a a two-time champion or or whatever, been around that title for a long time, whether he'd be challenging for it or holding it, is he really going to turn around in three months and go and fight in enemy territory. I I don't see that happening. I, I think also they've got a, a, a wide range of, of Mexican champions at the moment. So yeah. surely he's going to want to fight in Mexico.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's got every right to kind of call them shots because, uh, you know, he's earned that. The only thing I can think would make him go to Abu Dhabi, if I don't know if there's some bespoke company making really cool Lego out there. Maybe <laughs> you know he'll uh, he'll go out there yeah. to get some uh, some bespoke Lego. But uh, other than that, no, I I, I, I can't see that. No. Like you say, have, have your moment, call him out. But uh, you know, he, he, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see where he is in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: yeah. Well, the other option is 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 if Pantoja wins. Maybe the UFC say to him, go on, fight again, especially if he gets a quick win over Moreno. If he wins in the first couple of rounds, they might say, turn around in three months, fight in Abu Dhabi, we'll give you a little extra, extra, something, something. You'll be on the, the pay-per-view money as well, you know? So uh, yeah. so that, that could work out. I think what's more likely, though, is we'll see Amir al fight against someone like Brandon Royval, who had a great win over Nicolau. Why are you laughing at me? People on podcast, he's just <laughs> smiling at me, he's just chuckling away. What's he chuckling about?
2: A little extra for something-something. It was like, Let's that's the most that. cockney-wide boy I've ever heard you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah. you had a fucking sheepskin on there, just selling fucking sports yeah. socks and lighters. It was something, something for you there, yeah, yeah, darling. It was it'd something so you for
1: know, Cock and hen, little monkey there. Yeah, a solid, nice one. Um, uh, yeah, mustard, mate, mustard. That's what they say back in the day. My dad used to say, mustard. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, or maybe um, uh, Davidson Figueredo, who wasn't cleared to fight Manel Cap recently. I don't yep. know why, but... Maybe he'll be back soon. And then you've got Albazi versus a former champ. That's a good fight, Davidson Figueiredo, because yeah. he was flirting with going up to 135. Then he dropped back down to 125. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, yep. so I think Albazi, one more win, title shot. But I think right now, maybe maybe he's not quite there.
2: Yeah. Um. Okay, do we want to talk about Kai? I mean, there's still a whole lot of fun fights for Kai Car France. I don't think his stock's going to have... Uh, dropped majorly there. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the it was so close. And, and obviously the furor that's come off the back of that, uh, you know, I, I think there's still a, he, he's a very young lad as well. There's there's lots of exciting things for the future of, of Kai, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I really like Kai. I think his fight style is fantastic. It's really great that he fights these grapplers. That's the thing is he's a really good kickboxer, but he fights these grapplers and can keep the fight on the feet more often than not. So um, so I think he's a really dangerous guy. I don't know how old Kai is. I'd have to quickly look that up. But um, I think he's relatively young, but obviously you've got to be young in these divisions to uh, to do well. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think he does have a few losses on his record, and he's lost his last two now. So the problem will be that he cannot cherry-pick who he's fighting. He's going to have to fight some young up-and-comer. And if he takes a little break and a certain Mohamed Makayev gets one or two wins under his belt, we might see him have to take a fight like that. But I think he'll have to fight a really, really top fighter that is, you know, surging through the rankings and Kai's going to have to defend his spot. Maybe he'll be around like somewhere between the five to seven range uh, and he'll have to fight a guy ranked behind him. So I don't know. But I definitely think Kaikar France can... Still do great things. Uh, He's only just turned 30. So, yeah, he can do well. He's still got a good few years left in him at the top of the division, I think.
2: Absolutely. And even if he gets to 44 and has just had a massive uh, knockout uh, against him, Blake's still saying, carry on, mate. Carry on, grandad. Get back in now. (laughs) I
1: love love a special breed, man. He's the pit bull. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. Well, we'll be back next time. Um, I mean, we've, we've been speaking about Kai. Uh, if you like your uh, your city kickboxer uh, fighters, then head over and listen to our chats. Uh, two episodes we've had now with Volkanovski, uh, and also go check out our interview. Uh, with Dan Hooker. Um, you can either go and listen to him wherever you get your podcasts. I presume that's where you are right now. Other than that, if you've yet to head over to the YouTube channel, uh, go over there and uh, marvel at my, uh, brick, uh, my brick-style my brick wallpaper or just marvel at uh, the multitude of, uh, of of awards that Blake's got behind okay. his
1: i I've just got to point out, we've been doing this for like two years and I've never yeah. done this. This is the first time yeah. I've ever done this. So no, you've just waited got till we've break. got
2: you've just waited till we've got 1,000 YouTube subscribers and now you've just <laughs> dropped it. It's <laughs>
1: enough of an audience for Blake. Yeah, right, darlings, Here we go. Yeah, Let's I fucking... don't I don't get out of bed for less than a thousand viewers, <laughs> you know. Um But yes, no, do check out the the back catalogue. If you haven't watched our show before, uh then you can check out interviews with Paddy Pimblett, who we've had on three times, I think. Molly McCann, who we've had on twice. Tom Aspinall, Arnold Allen, uh, Jai Herbert, the cream of the crop of uh, UK MMA, Stevie Ray, Paul Craig. Uh, uh, also, Joanne also, Wood. also. Go on.
2: BBC player. My Life with an MMA Fighter. Go watch the new documentary uh, on Stevie you. Ray. Oh, I watched oh. it last night. It's wonderful. It and uh, I mean, you've met Stevie's wife, haven't you? Yeah, she was uh, lovely. Oh she is so lovely. Um go, go watch the documentary. It's all about the lead up to obviously living with uh, or, or not living with Stevie uh, which is uh, a lot of the focus of the documentary um because of the you know what well, the stuff that MFI, uh, uh, MMA fighters have to kind of give up to to pursue their their their, their greatness and uh, and it's a really good little um sort of fly on the wall documentary leading up to uh the PFL final, um where obviously, you know, Stevie fell uh, a little short of, of winning the million dollars. And uh yeah, it's it's a wonderful watch, so go and give that a, a little look.
1: I'm just chuckling a bit because you, you said MFI, which I swear was like a, <laughs> oh, isn't that like a furniture I, I store.
2: you fucking started smiling I thought, oh, fuck, he had the MFI bit, didn't Yeah, it? but
1: MFI, I swear, was a furniture store back in the day if it's not still. Yeah, just totally like the, Yeah, the hard lives of these MFI workers. <laughs> God, they you know, they're hauling the furniture. Minimum wage. Oh, God, it's a so hard life right (laughs) anyway guys I think as we said we've got a multitude of episodes for you to trawl through the back catalogue and look at Uh, and we will also uh, right now actually start recording an episode a preview to UFC 289 where Amanda Nunes is taking on Arena Aldana and obviously there's that amazing fight between uh, Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush as well so we'll be uh, talking about that uh, previewing that next so uh, that'll episode will be dropping very soon after this one's dropped so keep an eye out for that as well are we done we're done we'll see you next time bye
2: guys